0: back on the fan morning show sportsnet 590 the fan it all starts tonight and the guy that has been through the highs and the lows and documents that well for us to enjoy and to suffer with him joins us and he's our insider brought to you by Don valley north lexus where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. It is Steve Dangle, co-host of the Steve Dangle podcast and host of Watch a Least Game with Steve Dangle on the Sportsnet YouTube channel. You are the pulse of the nation. How are we feeling this morning, Steve?
1: Uh, the patron saint of cathars- uh, catharsis gets <laughs> his uh, annual phone call. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Uh, The nerves are not quite as rampant as they usually are. It's just, it's, you ever, you ever get yourself in a situation where you're screwed and you laugh?
0: Yes, often. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit like that. Like we all know the stakes. You don't, no one needs to make a movie trailer for this. We all know exactly what's at stake. There was a good chance they blow up the whole team last year when they lost. They opted not to do it. If it happens this year, forget it. Forget it. So we all know what's at
0: stake. So you're feeling good this morning. I don't remember what we said. I don't remember what we said last year on our annual phone call. If you had said good, but what gives you a little bit level, uh, a higher level of confidence, maybe this time, even if it is, uh, you know, a little bit of cautious optimism.
1: I think what I probably said last year was a high pitch, good. Like I I feel (laughs) good. Um, And this year I'd say uh, good with a normal voice, Mm -hmm. regular voice, (laughs) calm and zen in my voice, and the. The reason, like, listen, the Leafs have lost a number of first-round series. I don't know if you guys have uh, known that. No. Did, did, did a quick news. Google search before the <laughs> yeah. So uh, they've lost a number of series. There's only one where you can point and say they were the clear-cut favorite to win, and that was the Montreal one, obviously, and that was a choke, and we we all know about it, but. Every other series, like even 2019, if you argue the Leafs were the favorite against the Bruins, it's still the Bruins. Last year, if they were the favorite against the Lightning, it's still the Lightning. This year, it is still the Lightning. And, I mean, you can't count them out. But there's no reason on paper, through any number, through the evidence of your eyes and ears, to call the Leafs the underdog mm-hmm. in this situation. They've got a, a, a wealth of playoff um Experience on the team now and um, uh, a diverse playoff experience. There's a number of guys who have had uh, tortured playoff lives who are going to want to completely erase that and change that. Matthews, Marner, Nylander. There are guys who have been there and they've won several rounds and they've banged and crashed as they've done it. Uh, you know, Noel Achari, uh, Sam Lafferty, uh, j- just for a few. And then you have guys who have done it, done the whole gosh darn thing. There's Jake Muzzin, who, even though he's not playing, he's still around the team. Uh, we saw photo evidence of him hanging around the guys as recently as last week. Ryan O'Reilly won a Con Smythe trophy. I'm trying to remember the last time we said a Con Smythe trophy winner on them. Uh I can't do it. I'm certainly not going to do it live on air. And. Luke Shen, who's just got the most interesting and exciting and out-of-body experience. Like, it's still so weird seeing him back in a leaf jersey, but I love it. But his journey, not necessarily as the guy like Ryan O'Reilly's, but as a, as a deaf player, as a guy who had to be ready, there's such a variety of experience on the team. Like, if at the end of all this they end up losing – Uh, You you have to blame the GM for something, and here's what they did wrong. My my list is pretty short. (laughs) My list is pretty short. They did a really good job.
2: Uh, yeah, they have done uh, a very, very good job. It's undeniable, but again, it might be meaningless. But if you look at this, and if we all agree, and I think everyone, which is kind of scary, agrees that objectively this is, if not like a mismatch, there are like degrees to which this is a mismatch with, with uh, the Maple Leafs being the stronger team on paper right now. What do you think in producing that, the stronger influences? is? Is it what Toronto's done? Is it what Dubas has done? Or is there a reason to believe that Tampa has a hand in this and that their decline is real.
1: I, I definitely think it's both. Um, the Leafs are a stronger defensive team than last year. Sam uh, Samsonov has the best, if I'm not mistaken, the best inner slot save percentage in the entire league. And I mean, a lot of that is him, but it's the team providing a good environment for him to make those saves. Uh, and also, they bang and crash harder and tougher and have more guys that'll go you than they've had in years past. So that's, that's the Leafs end of it. Tampa, you know, there's going to be a little repeat of last year, but it's very different. So last year, a number of Tampa's top stars heading into the playoffs were cold. There's a difference between cold and beat up. To me, these guys are beat up. That's three straight Stanley Cup finals and in an unusually short amount of time. People always forget that mm. um, with the the bubble and and everything. But a lot of their guys are going into this series, whether they play or not, at less than 100%. Um, and there are guys who aren't going to start the series like a Tanner Juneau and probably comes back into the series a little later on. We know he's not going to be 100%. No one's going to be a hundred percent. They're all a year older, um, and they've lost guys, and they were able to survive losing guys last year. Uh, this is tough. Like Ryan McDonough, I I, I think Mikhail Sergachev did an excellent job, uh, you know, filling in that role. That's I mean, that's what he's getting paid the big bucks for. You're still down, Ryan McDonough. Like you can't talk me into Ian Cole being as good as Ryan McDonough. Um, you got a rookie on the top pair right now with Victor Hedman. Like There are little pieces of the Roman Empire that the Tampa have built that are crumbling into the sea, and this might not be the year it all crumbles. Who knows? Maybe they beat the Leafs and go on another long run, but the, the evidence heading into tonight appears to be it's time for someone else to take them out.
2: It will crumble eventually, and uh, it should be the Leafs that tear it down. Uh, there are many protagonists in this story. Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, Keith, Dubas, Samsonov. Lots to choose from if you want to uh, pinpoint um, the lead one. But since there are many, uh, I'll let you choose which one's facing the most pressure and which one faces the stiffest consequences if uh, Rome, was it the Roman Empire? If, Rome, if the Roman Empire sure. still stands <laughs> beyond next week.
1: Well, I mean, the consequence for Austin Matthews is he's going to get a contract extension, so I I uh, I think he'll be okay. But, I, I mean, I think it all comes down to Dubas uh, because, um, I mean, this has been his project, right? He's He's been the GM. Um, uh, I keep pointing to Brendan Shanahan, not because I want him to get fired or anything, but, you know, you look at Dubas and you're like, well, he's been there since 2018 and he hasn't gotten out of the first round. Shanahan's been there since 2014, and he's been the president the whole time. Dubas has been there since 2014 as well, um, but he was, like, assistant GM, assistant to the GM, whatever
2: it was. You know, come to think of it, Shanahan might have even been there since 2013. Yeah, there, of there dude, was a the ramp-up process, I think, before Dubas was officially there, yeah?
1: Yeah, like one of Shanahan's first moves was extending Randy Carlisle. Like, he, he's been there a long time, man. So that to me is the biggest potential consequence. But, you know, at the end of the day, Dubas is the one who signs the contracts and uh, they got to get Matthew signed July 1st would be nice um, a year ahead of time because you do not, after what could potentially be a disastrous loss, you do not want that contract lingering into the season. No way, no how.
2: Yeah, so we, I think we all agree, uh, consequences, Dubas, easiest one to shelf consequences towards. But in terms of pressure and performance and context and last season and everything that goes into this season, the second of the two last dances, like who should be feeling pressure to perform from an on-ice perspective?
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's the core, right? It's It's... Matthews, it's Marner, it's Nylander, it's Riley. Riley often gets left out of these conversations. Uh, Tavares is fascinating. They couldn't find the left winger for him, so they made him the left winger. (laughs) Uh, I love that. Um, But, you know, when we say Dubas, like, oh, yeah, he's going to get canned if they lose again, like, what does that mean? You're bringing in another guy who's the GM who's going to make moves, and which moves do you think he's going to make? He's going to tinker around the edges? No. If you wanted a guy who was going to tinker around the edges of this core, you just keep this. I mean, this is his core, and he's tinkered around the edges, and he thinks he's found the perfect formula. You could have just kept that guy. If you bring in a new guy, I think they blow the core up, whether that means – I mean, I certainly don't think Matthews or Marner are getting dealt, but it could be a Nylander. Uh, it could potentially be a Riley. You know what I mean? So the the pressure is on those guys. Tampa regularly gets ridiculous performances out of their biggest guys, Kucherov and Point and Stamkos and Hedman. The Leafs need that too out of their guys.
0: They often get ridiculous performances from their netminder as well, Andre Vasilevsky. So I wonder on the other side of the ice how confident you're feeling in Ilya Samsonov starting and probably playing most of the uh, the Maple Leafs playoff run if uh, things are going well.
1: So here's here's a fun little thought exercise. Who was the Leafs' backup in the playoffs last year? Do you remember? Eric Sheldren, I believe. Eric Sheldren. That dude's the fourth goalie right now. So I I have lots of confidence in, in Samsonov and how I've seen him play. I know he's you know been a little banged up, but ever since that concerning little tweak, he had uh, a, a few games uh, left in the season. People kind of forget that, like, the whole rest of the game, he looks great, and he went right back to having a Gumby groin and, and flying <laughs> flying around out there. I know, what a term. Wow, and, Gumby you know, groin. <laughs> Gumby groin. And then I think the next game, he rattled off, like, over 40 saves, and he looked great uh, since that tweak. So I'm not worried. It, you know, It's not like he's declining or, or backed into the playoffs. It looked like he was ramping his game up. Uh, He didn't look like the guy who struggled in the playoffs in Washington. And if he falters, the reason I brought up Shelgren earlier, they have Joseph Wall who looks as solid as they come. Like that's an NHL goaltender. So I'm, I'm not worried about it. You know, I feel like this conversation never happens with the lightning because most years I, you know, people couldn't even tell you who the backup for the lightning is because they never play because it's Vasilevsky, but you know, you give me, uh, you know, Samsonov or Wohl against Brian Elliott, if it comes to that, I think they win.
0: Yeah, that would be a treat if we get to see some Brian, El- Brian Elliott in the, the next couple days or weeks. Uh, we'd be happy with that. Um, I wonder how your concern level moves or could be for the power play because we talked about reasons that the Maple Leafs, you know, need to, to dial in here, some factors, some key you know, points of interest, and I think the power play is certainly one of them. It looks like they've moved um, Ryan O'Reilly to unit one and moved Nylander down, but traditionally in the past, the power play has not been a level of confidence for Maple Leafs fans. Is it different this time around?
1: I do think it's different this time around, um, and Ryan O'Reilly is a big part of it. I, I think his presence on the team, along with his skill set, Really can't be understated at all. But you, you know, you talk about the Leafs choking in big moments, and 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 you try to watch for it in the game, and you're like, well, where is it? How does it happen? It's on the power play. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's where they sort of started to lose the you know Montreal series, and so many series before that, and you know, you, you're taking on the Bruins and. You're complaining, oh, the, you know, the refs never call a penalty on them. And then they do, and you can't do anything with it. So I, I think the, the power play can be average. I think the Leafs probably win a series or two over the last few years if their power play was simply average. But it's, it's the buckling in those situations when you have those opportunities um, that the Leafs have done
2: in the past. It just can't happen. There are so many little areas where it's like, okay, if the power play improves, like that's the difference, or if the second line ha- is productive, like it should be, that'll be the mm-hmm. difference. There's a lot of things you can point to that can make a difference, but I guess all these things do. There's interplay, and they 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 bounce off each other, and one thing can improve, and the other thing can decline, and all these things have to be considered. But like Vasilevsky, in the end, as you kind of alluded to, is Trump, right? Like if he's if the best player in the world or the best goaltender of a generation rather uh, plays at his highest peak, I mean that might just be as good as. As it gets like that just you can't beat that But beyond Vasilevsky If Matthews and Marner Play at their highest level If they show up if they deliver if they are The Matthews and Marner who they can Be is that just really all that it Comes down to like if Matthews and Marner can be Those guys is that Basically the difference between the Maple Leafs Being carried through
1: Yes because it's the one Situation where trickle down Actually works like because If Matthews and Marner Are able to pew pew their way through the Lightning's defense and you know throw up a bunch of goals and several points and and all that. It makes it easier for the second line to get the job done and for the third line to get the job done and fourth line to you know bang in or tip in a Zach Aston reschool. goal, something like that. It's in years past we're like ah. Oh, if only we got something out of Mi- Mikheyev. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, no. Okay. The reason it cost us is because we needed something out of Mikheyev. If those two light it up the way they can light it up, then you're not begging for those performances. And surprisingly, those performances seem to follow. Isn't that funny how that works? You know, like uh, Tampa, gets ridiculous performances out of their bottom six historically in the playoffs. I mean, Ross Colton scored a Stanley Cup winning goal for them. But I I think what frees those guys up to do that is their big guns get it done. So if, if Matthews and Marner get it done, there's no reason to think this team can't finally do it.
2: So we know the Maple Leafs are a different team at the bottom end of the lineup, right? They've, they've supplemented that group. They look tougher. They look like they're more capable from both a toughness standpoint and a utility standpoint. But we know the Tampa Bay Lightning have tactics. They can, the game can be devolved when they're involved in it. Sometimes they can kill you with skill, and sometimes they can drag you into a bar fight, and that's how they win games. The bar fight used to be something that should be, you know, worrisome for Leaf fans. But with this rejigged bottom six, is the Muck still an area of concern?
1: It's still a bit of an area of of concern. It's it's one of those things where you don't know what it's going to be like un, until it happens, right? Like I'm 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 not going to put too much stock into the second last game of the season. Uh, I mean, the good news is the Leafs killed uh, eight penalties. The, the bad news is they had to, right? Uh, that that sort of thing, but. You see how the muck can completely demoralize a team. I, I was, I don't know if you guys saw the, the Bruins Panthers game last night.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, the Bruins have that team in hell, <laughs> in absolute hell. Like, it, it's on top of them being the Boston Bruins. They just clown them, and there's no breath. As it, like, your whistle. Is not your opportunity to exhale and, and relax your muscles, and no, they keep you tense at all moments. So I don't know what the Leafs do to escape all that with the Lightning, other than maybe meet it head on. This this pacifist thing, this this where uh, you know uh, Ben Sherratt is tearing down Matthews by the collar and Matthews is just resisting. I, I, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. You have to meet them. There was a moment in the last year's series, the, the, the Leafs were winning 5 nothing over the Lightning in Game 1, and there was a brouhaha at the end of the game. And the good news was Morgan Riley won his fight, and that's what a lot of fans focused on. What, what haunted me was that, that poop-eating grin on Corey Perry's face. There was something that suggested to him, no, 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 we got him. And then they did in the end. That can't happen again.
0: Do you think the Maple Leafs have, and sorry to bring this term back, acquired a killer instinct?
1: I, I thought you were going to say poop eating grin for, for the term.
0: Gumby um, groin and poop eating grin. What a morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, that's, that's why you bring me on. Happy breakfast, everybody. <laughs> um, uh, killer instincts. I mean, how can they not? How can they not? Like, it's it's, I understand losing a few times and feeling bad for yourself. I get that. But how do you not after years and years of this have an insatiable bloodlust? Like if you have the opportunity and you're up one with two minutes to go in game seven, forget how do we hold on? How do you not end up winning that game eight, one, with 40 penalties at at the end of it all like how how do you the the way the Leafs win this series should have us all asking oh my goodness do they have enough for round two Mm. (laughs) at the end of it because that's just how it works every every year I I look at you know the Leafs go toe-to-toe head-to-head with their first round opponent and like listen it's close Last year with the Lightning, the Lightning won, but it was close. It was really close. 2019 with the Bruins, so close. Um, and, you, and you wonder, how do these guys have enough left for the second round? They all find a way. Everyone's equally as tired. So it, it, you have to leave it all out there. You have to be honest with yourself. And you've got to, beyond your legacy and the fans and the expectations, you know what I always think is the worst part of those losses? This summer. this summer. Oh, and it starts so early. And you're in the gym so early. And your trainer hangs pictures of the dudes that yeah. just beat you. And aren't you sick of it? Aren't you? <laughs> Forget the cup. This is almost worse. This is having to go through another summer like last is, is worse than the cup is good. Does that make sense? <laughs> It's awful. You, the
2: killer instinct, has to be there. So Corey Perry's poop-eating grin is on the wall at the gym that Steve's working out at. Uh, that's kind of terrifying. Uh, Sheldon Keith, in what ways can he be better this time around?
1: Well, he needs to be a good boy and uh, have have some good behavior um, and set a good example uh, for his team. Um, maybe less screaming and shouting at the refs on account of they tend to remember that sort of stuff. And, you know, how you doing, John? Do you have a signed stick for me again this time? Oh, you do? Thank you very much. I might look the other way when you slash some guy in the third period. Mm. Um, but John Cooper, like, I, I, I want Sheldon Keith to take a few notes from that guy because I swear every time John Cooper takes the mic, there, there are people who have a reputation for being good on the mic and being quotable. And there are people who actually are like, I think we all give too much credit to the wrong John. John Twitterella stinks on the mic. He stinks. He's he's, he, he's the, I didn't do it guy. Like with Bart Simpson, he's got one bit and that's to be dismissive and cantankerous and mean, And then we all praise him and, and, oh, did you see what John, John did it again? No, it's, it's, this is woozle-wuzzle. If if you remember that episode, John Cooper gets up there and it's a wrestling promo Mm -hmm. every time. And he's screwing with heads and he's pushing all the right buttons. And that dude coaches more than one team every time he speaks. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see that out of Sheldon Keefe. It'd be great if he was able to get into their heads once or twice and have it not be bulletin board material, but have it be material that screws up their plans.
0: Yeah, it's more than the battle on the ice. It's battle off the ice. Maybe the battle in front of the mics as well. Um, we got one last one for you here. You've got the Bruins over the Oilers in the Cup final. You posted your bracket, and you are not alone in that one. I see that's a very popular bracket—either Oilers over Bruins or Bruins over Oilers. You've got a high level of confidence that that Bruins team was not just a regular season juggernaut, but a full time juggernaut. Is that right? Uh, yep. Yeah, they look pretty good. You ugh, hate it. Did that pain you to make that bracket, or? Felt okay no,
1: you, you know what? Like, imagine how, you know, I already get called the Leafs homer enough. Like, I'm not able to talk about this team objectively. Like, dude, they're taking on the Panthers in the first round and they won 65 games. What do you want me to say? <laughs> like, what, what, what I think is going to be excellent is hopefully the Leafs get there. Mm-hmm. We can't overlook this opponent. The Leafs of all teams cannot overlook any opponent, but... If the Leafs get there because of the Bruins' greatness, oh, oh, it'd be oh, so yeah. much more sweet. So much more sweet. Screw the bracket. I don't give a damn if I win that bracket. <laughs> ruin it, Leafs. Ruin it.
2: Uh, just for the uh, old encyclopedia up there, Steve, uh, the last prior to Ryan O'Reilly, Smythe Trophy winner to play for the Maple Leafs, J.S. Chaguerre. J.S. Chaguerre. Oh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. Getting jiggy with it. But the last time uh, the Maple
0: Leaf won, the cons might. Yeah,
2: but Ryan O'Reilly didn't win with the Maple Leaf. Just so we
0: are all Oh, we're covering our
2: bases? Okay.
0: The last Maple Leaf to win it, Dave Keon in 1967.
2: Let's go. Here we go, go,
1: Dave. Here we go. (laughs) Way we go. go.
0: Let's add another one to the history books. Uh, There's that year again. There you go. It's all right. Uh, Steve, (laughs) appreciate you joining us. Everybody can watch along for every Leafs Lightning first-round playoff game with Steve on the Sportsnet YouTube channel beginning tonight at 7.30 p.m. We appreciate you coming on. Long day. Hopefully, it's a long playoff march ahead.
1: Here we go again.
0: Thanks, Steve. Enjoy. Uh, That was Steve Dangle. Of the Steve Dangle Podcast Network, and of course, watch a Leafs game with Steve Dangle on Sportsnet YouTube channel. And our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom, is at DonValleyNorthLexus So a lot
2: of a lot of words will be written and spoken about this Leafs run, this series, everything that goes into a Leaf playoff experience. What did Luke Fox say? It's quadrupled the amount of uh, oh, yeah. media it's attendance down there. We'll down, down there. Be down there. We won't, we won't be writing anything. But the use of six words most succinctly and most powerfully—I don't think you could do better than Steve Dangle mm-hmm. right there. Cooper coaches more than one team.
0: I like that I, too. I
2: don't think there's been any analysis on Cooper better than that. I think he's bang on. I think he's totally correct with that. And John Cooper loves himself the Toronto media, and he's going to be reacclimated with them this morning. We'll see what happens after the Co- or at the Cooper media availability today. But yeah, I mean, I, I see his point there with like playing the game. I, I think there are some like actual strategic things that mm-hmm. Sheldon Keefe can improve on. But I, and again, we've talked about this a lot. Like, can Sheldon Keefe be the guy who wants to be in front of the mics? I don't really know. I don't have that answer. But I would, you know, it can't get worse than, hey, more respect in the handshake line, right? Oh. So confidence, it can't. like, it's like this all encompassing thing you've seen it in the players, it's seen it in the goaltender, it's seen it in the coach see it from the coach, too, to start. Let's see it from everyone to start. Let's look and feel and act uniformly like this is a confident group that's going to get it done this time.
0: We could talk about this and more with Thomas Caberlet, who's going to join us on the other side of the break. Obviously, former Maple Leaf defenseman, a Stanley Cup champ, still owns the second-most points among defensemen in Leafs history, won a series last with the Maple Leafs in the blue and white. What was that like? What was that feeling like in the rink? Are we on the cusp of feeling that again? Thomas Cabberlay joins us and then we'll do a baby wake and rake. So send your picks in at 59590. We'll get together a parlay, hopefully some leafs lightning in that. And that's after the break.
2: The best Blue Jay show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're back on the Fan Morning Show. Final block, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Uh Maple Leafs playoff game day. It's Leafs and Lightning. It's round one. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's a big, big time. Important night. Love it. Let's go. And to discuss that and more, our last guest of the day. So on the team that last won a series victory for the Toronto Maple Leafs, none other than Thomas Caberlet. Stanley Cup champion of the Boston Bruins in 2011 and owner of the second most points among defensemen in Maple Leafs history. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning. How are you? Uh, we're doing pretty good. We're fired up. The Leafs have a playoff game tonight. We don't get too many of these, so we're we're ready to go. Um, we want to talk about, No, not that we're getting ahead of ourselves, but we do feel a little bit more confident this year than maybe previous years. But we're t- we always talking and we're always thinking and we're always fantasizing about what it's going to feel like. If they do finally get it done, as I mentioned, you're on the team that last won a series in mm-hmm. Toronto. What does it feel like winning a series in a Leaf sweater? What does it feel like leaving the rink after a series victory? What does it feel like being successful as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs?
3: Oh, it feels great. You know, obviously playing in Canadian city especially in Toronto, it's amazing. Uh, the playoffs is totally different atmosphere, next level. It's like a new season when players know that. You know, that's why it's been so hard to, to get it past the first round for them. And, you know, sometimes just a little thing done well makes a big difference. And, you know, the team got tougher this year, you know, bring a little bit more sandpaper. And, uh, you know, we're, we're a very fast team. I, I I feel like Tampa is a little slower than our team. And, uh, you know, just being staying out of the box. and um, Just play our game like in the last regular seasons. We got no issues with in the regular season. Just bring it. Bring the to the playoffs and, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of uh, mental toughness and uh, get us through it.
2: Is it unfathomable to you that it's been almost 20 years since the Toronto Maple Leafs have won a playoff series?
3: Uh, it doesn't feel that way, but yeah, you're right. And time flies and, uh, you know, it's really good atmosphere in, in this city. Uh, we were always talking about it when I was on the Leafs. How would it be to winning uh, Stanley Cup here? Uh, we, we make it twice to the um, conference finals. And uh, the atmosphere drawing around the city, hearing the fans, seeing seeing them on the street. It's electric. Like the city is going to the next level. So I can imagine it going all the way. I think the city was shut down for a week probably. But uh, let's make it... Let's make it through the first round and go from
0: there. Uh, well, you mentioned that the Maple Leafs added uh, a couple of new faces, but also a familiar face—someone that you were pla- or you were teammates back with. Um, that was Luke Shen. Um, we're excited to have him back in the blue and white. He's obviously been a fan favorite. What was it like playing with Luke and the excitement to see him back here in the, in Toronto?
3: Yeah, it's nice to see him back. Uh, you know, he's a hard, hardworking kid, and I remember back then when he joined the Leafs, uh, I played. Of the games with him, and you know he'll he'll leave everything out there. He, he's gonna work hard, uh, play simple hockey, and uh, you know you know the player's not gonna be having any easy in front of our goalie. He's gonna move move them around, make a room for whoever's in the net to see the puck, and uh, you know they'll they'll be watching out for him because he can hurt you with the clean hits. He's a tough kid. He he moved the puck well right up the ice, and uh, you know that that's there that was a nice addition in the deadline and uh now he's in across the street <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of funny the way he worked out but yeah he's a great kid humble guy and works hard
0: so that, that is funny that you mentioned because one of the first things he said when he got to see the toronto media again was he mentioned that you guys were neighbors <laughs> i don't know how that came about but what's it like living in the same little street you guys see each other out there you help shovel the driveway if it snows this evening like you know is there a little uh, community gathering with the uh, luke shen and thomas caberly on the same street
3: yeah, I don't wanna see any more snow. It's the middle of the day April. <laughs> no, it's he's got small kids as well, so it's kinda of funny. My son always asking can we go play with the kids uh-huh. will street hockey and on the patio. So it's perfect, you know, to just to just to see the families together, hang out, uh, say a few things about the past and the future and uh it's just amazing. Like I said, he's a great kid, he's got his family here so we get to know each other and just go from
2: there. The Cabrales and Shens playing street hockey together uh, in Toronto. There's definitely a story there. We need to get some Sportsnet cameras down there and uh, document that uh, for sure. What about the rest of the defense corps? When you look at this group, uh, it looks like they're running eight or nine deep, but they've decided on a group that will be anchored by Luke Shen. When you, when you look at them, though, when you look at the addition of Jake McCabe and Mark Giordano now here for the second year, are they more equipped, do you think, to sustain the rigors of a... NHL postseason to get through a first round, do you feel confident in the state of the Maple Leafs blue line?
3: I think so. You know, well, uh, starting with Riley, obviously he's got a lot of experience. He's one of the best D in the league. You know, he's the core guy, and building around him with a Giordano veteran guy, he's, he's been there with Calgary for many years in playoff runs, and Lou bringing Luke, as we mentioned, a couple of Stanley Cups. So, so that's a lot of experience there, and uh, you know, what I've seen. Uh, Looking back, Logan, the last couple of years he's been playing well. I don't know if he's gonna be in the lineup or not. But that's a good thing to have more defensemen than than four or six, being being able to bring bring it every night. And playoffs, it's a long long run. Hopefully, no one gets hurt, but you know people can step up when someone gets hurt here and there. So I think I think the team's moving the right direction, and they just have to bring it uh, to the playoffs
2: now. One of the playoff storylines for the Maple Leafs is the perceived outage. Well, not even perceived. The outage when it comes to power play scoring. Uh, You were a power play quarterback yourself. Does it feel like when we talk about gripping the stick a little tight? But when a power play is not humming and you understand that you're not having those results, how much does it like, is that like a mental game for a power play unit? And how much is it? How you know, like the the pressure off, the alleviation. If you are able to have some success, like how big is, and how much does it weigh on the power play contributors? If it's not going well, and how much can it affect everything else that you're doing? If you are scoring those goals with the man advantage,
3: yeah that helps a lot. No, I think boys have no issues with that. They've been drove the whole season showing they they create so many chances. Their hockey became much faster and they create so many chances just being sometimes being unlucky when the puck doesn't go in but you know playoffs could be zero zero games one nothing games and that that one power play might make a huge difference as we seen last night in the in the game once already make the big difference some of the games so that's a that's a key factor for sure and goalies as well you need your goalie to be one of the if not the best players on the ice to make the difference and advance to their first second third rounds so yeah that's gonna make a big big effect on the playoffs but i don't think i don't think being the issue on the least with that they you know just uh, play good defense and we got no issue scoring goals
0: we're speaking with Thomas Caberlet former NHL defenseman and Stanley Cup champ with the Boston Bruins. And of course, a member of Toronto Maple Leafs history with second most points among defensemen as a Maple Leaf. So we're talking about a lengthy playoff run, hopefully ahead for the Maple Leafs, but that would entail winning back-to-back games at least once in the playoffs. They've got two to start at home, which home ice advantage is certainly important, but it's something that they haven't done too much. Only four times, um, four out of 12 times, they've gone for a win again after a win in the Matthews-Marner area. Stringing together two wins is something that's difficult, but obviously important for momentum. How important do you think it is to get these first two games um, in the win column for the Maple Leafs? They'll
3: be nice. The home advantage makes a difference. It's... At least, now, The fans bring it to the to the other teams, and actually, going back to the last year, the game one, I think the boys played one of the best, if not the best, playoff game, what I've seen in a long time. That was like almost a perfect game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was at the game, and it was amazing. So, just if they continue playing like that, then uh, I strongly believe they they'll they'll beat Tampa Tampa team.
2: Uh, we had a, we opened the phone lines earlier in the show and we were taking calls and someone brought up a good point asking what the difference was between teams that did have success in the early 2000s, the ones that you were on and, and this team. And, and I couldn't uh, come up with anything on the spot other than, well, there's a little bit more high-end talent. There's a little bit more support for a guy like Austin Matthews than there is for a Matt Sundin. But then as I've continued thinking about it, Maybe coaching is part of that. Maybe coaching is a big factor when it comes to the success and failure of a postseason team, and you guys had yourself a good coach uh, back then. So I guess a two-part question. What what do you think the difference or the biggest difference is between the teams that you were on with the Maple Leafs and the one that we have now? And how much is it on a coach? Like, How big of a factor does a coach play when it comes down to coin flip scenarios in Stanley Cup playoff games and Stanley Cup playoff series?
3: Yeah, there's just little decisions to be made in a fast period of time. Yeah, Pat Quinn was a really good coach. He gave me a chance in my first year. and I never forget that. You know, he played the game. Uh, the coach with the Leafs, uh, he played the game also. It's a comma, similarities. So it's kind of similarly, So at the end, it's it's a winning it's a winning business, right? So and uh, and if you don't do well usually coach goes first so it's a lot of pressure on the coaches and players and but I, you know like i said uh, we've been having so many points in the regular season sometimes i feel like save it for the for the playoffs <laughs> you know? so but if they just bring it the same way they've been playing the regular season i don't see any issue but you know uh, playoffs is a lot of pressure like we mentioned maybe you squeeze the sticks a little bit more but, of course, the coaching staff makes a big difference too. Put the right people right time i'm sure every team's going to play your best players. you know you want to win or lose with your best players at the end so they at the end it's the players playing the playing the game and they'll have to they 'll have to show it
2: uh we've got to ask you about Boston because uh, they 've had such a historic season, and you used to play with some of those key characters, a guy like Patrice Bergeron who we didn 't see last night, I guess he's dealing with uh a an illness. Um, but when you watch that team now, knowing that you had success with them what, 10, 11 years ago, uh, over a decade ago, uh, are you just marveling at what a guy like Patrice Bergeron can still do and lead a team like Boston, who's had this historically great season?
3: Yeah, he's an amazing player and, and the person on and off the ice He's a great example Really humble guy and quiet leader. You know, you no know, one. You know, he's he's been out there for a long time, and he would play the same hockey even if he has a good game or bad game. He knows it's gonna come back to him. Looking back, when I joined the team, that you you had that feeling in the dressing room that team wants to do something, and that that feeling never. I'll never forget that. And winning the cup with them, I I wish it was with the Leafs. We were close a couple of times, but that was amazing. Being part of that team and uh, looking back, you know, it's been know, 12 years now. Like we said, time flies. And and winning like so many games this year, I was like, this is crazy. And now uh, along the way, they but the structure, you know, they start with the goalies. The defense been playing well. They don't give up many goals, and they can put up put up some numbers out there too. Pasternak's an unbelievable season. I believe 61 goals. So that's crazy. So the team's chilling together and uh, looks like they're one of the favorites for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. a lot of them have uh, a lot of cup support in the picks. I mean, they would have to go through the Maple Leafs, so we'll see how that one goes. Uh, before we let you go, we know that you're your wife and you own an Italian restaurant called Quanto Vasta. That's in Summerhill for all, everyone listening. Uh, we got to know, what's the order if we make our way up there one day and get a nice meal? What's the, what's the go-to thing on the menu for you?
3: So depends what you feel like. Uh we get we get pretty much everything. Starting mm. with pastas, pizzas, steaks, nice fish, nice salad. <laughs> Sounds like pretty I'll
0: much, have one of everything, nice okay? <laughs> so
3: depends depends on what you feel like. And uh yeah, it would be nice if you guys can join us there one, one day.
0: Oh, We'll have to let you know, maybe after round one of the playoffs, we could celebrate with a nice glass of wine, as you mentioned.
3: (laughs) Yeah, let's do this. All
0: right. Well, thanks, Thomas, for joining us. Enjoy the series. If you get a chance to go down to the games, enjoy the games and the atmosphere. And hopefully we'll chat with you uh, after first round. Maybe looking forward to a lengthier playoff experience. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, That's Thomas Camberley, former former NHL defenseman with the Maple Leafs and a Stanley Cup champ with the Boston Bruins, of course, um, giving us a little rundown of how... He's feeling headed into round one for the Maple Leafs. And as we mentioned, it's called Quanto Basta. You can head there it's in Summerhill. It's a lovely spot. I've walked by it many times. I've never gone in. Looks like I need to win a couple wake and rakes to eat there. Yeah, we
2: might have to uh, put together a <laughs> decent parlay today. Uh, quickly, the fact that the Shens and Caberlays kids are playing street hockey we together. We need to see that. Is unbelievable.
0: We need to get Christine Simpson down there to do a little courtside chat. Just sit down there <laughs> and I want to hear the insight from the kiddos.
2: I, I, like, you know, the the common thing is having to move the net, busy street. Mm-hmm. Something tells me the street's not that busy.
0: No. I'd love to get out there and see the kids playing a little shinny. Those were the days. I was probably playing shinny the last time the Maple Leafs won a playoff round in 2004.
2: It's been a long
0: time. That's where we're at. Okay, but it all starts tonight. Leafs lightning game one, 7.30 p.m. puck drop. You got Jays and Astros game two, and then we've got... Of course, a full slate of NHL and NBA playoffs to look at. Um, we're picking our picks, and I'm going to something I mentioned, the very top of the show. I'm going to the Toronto Blue Jays and Houston Astros game. Now, going
2: back there, right?
0: I'm going to maybe start.
2: Did you pick Gosman yesterday?
0: I did, Okay, but I'm going to fade Ooh. the teams a little bit here. In terms of our pitching confidence, it has been low for the first The first inning, they have a tied for a league worst ERA in the first. um, Over 11 earned runs um, in the first innings for the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm going to start with a run in the first inning, a Yerfie. That's uh, so over zero and a half runs in the first inning between the Blue Jays and the Astros. We've got Chris Bassett on the mound. You're Mm -hmm. kind of in the middle of the rotation here. It has been proven to be bad starts for, for the Toronto Blue Jays, but I'm also fading maybe... They get a good start on offense too, so I'm going to have a run in the first inning for my wake and rake pick for tonight's game.
2: Okay, so Bassett versus Yurkidi, I believe it's pronounced. It's hard to say that one. He played for the uh, team Mexico at the World Baseball Classic, so you can maybe say he's in midseason form. But uh, we'll see what Blue happens. Bat seemed to be. I'm looking in for mid- something here. Form as well. We went 0 for three. <laughs> yeah, we're going to turn things around. I'm I'm high. Okay, so I I feel like I'm a little too confident in Maple Leafs game one. Uh, I, I think they're going to win tonight. I think they're going to win comfortably tonight. It's a little scary, but I, I have laid out in one of my keys. You got to win game two because you're going to win game one. Mm. I do feel very confident for a couple of reasons. The Leafs have started series very, very well, and Tampa tends to ease themselves into series as well. Like they they have been playing from behind uh, many occasions I mean, during their run. It's kind of a
0: luxury run. that they have, right?
2: They... They're they're just not too you know pressed. They're not as urgent as maybe the Leafs. Usually are and should be if we're being honest with ourselves, so I like the Leafs tonight I think they're gonna win the game I'm gonna play it a little differently though because you got to lay the juice just on the money line I like them over three and a half goals plus 115 Last year they got off to a really hot start. I see a repeat of this year Maybe Mm. they're up three three one three two empty netter makes it four. Maybe they score the four easy in regulation I think they're gonna come out hot. I think it's gonna be a great night at Scotiabank Arena I'm more worried about game two than I'm worried about game one uh well, that's a lot of confidence. Leafs start out hot, start out strong, fill the net, get up one nothing. Leafs over three and a half goals plus one fifty.
0: Eight Andre Vasilevsky. No gumby groin for him. <laughs> Not yet, at least. Okay, let's do some anchor picks and put together a parlay. We've got Corey from Port Hope here. He likes the New Jersey Devils money line for my wake and rake pick. Yep, they start their series tonight against the Rangers, and I liked that one as well. It's at minus one thirty six.
2: Uh, Neil is just tying on loose ends from yesterday. Lajovic rained out, but resuming today up 2 nothing in the third set. So he's looking to catch another one in his return. Today he's going ATP Barcelona. Lopez, plus five and a half games versus Goffin. Goffin has struggled the last few seasons, and Lopez is still good enough to keep this match close. So plus five and a half games for Lopez.
0: Okay, good morning. Today my dad and I will take Leafs over, and I'll take the Blue Jays over. Have a great day, Ron and Jules.
2: Morning, Alish and Justin. Another installment of Will the Leafs get out of the first round? Uh, he'll be going Leafs moneyline tonight uh, for today's wake and rake. Going with the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard over twenty-seven and a half points. He was very, very good. It was a little Raptors Redux, although mm. it was Clippers uh, minus one fifty. That's Career Chris in London.
0: Okay, two more. Um, tonight, my pick for your wake and rake is the Leafs and Tampa. First period total goals under one and a half.
2: Ooh, that runs counter to mine. It sure does. <laughs> and finally, Duke and the Hammer. Lee, Lightning series price, plus 120. Some teams are hammers. Some teams are nails. That's kind of wow. a little downer on the last one there.
0: It's kind of poetry, though, from Duke and the Hammer.
2: Okay, so uh, New Jersey money line is an option. Lopez plus five and a half is an option. Kawhi Leonard over 27 and a half points is an option. We probably have to skip... The other one, we could go Leafs over, but mm-hmm. that'll just cut into the profit. To me, it's Kawhi or the New Jersey Devils.
0: I like the New Jersey Devils.
2: Let's do it. Are, are we getting plus money? No, we're no, not. Because no they're good. at home for sure. Minus 136. Not.
0: Minus
2: 136. Okay, let's All do it.
0: right, I think that's good. That was one of the ones I liked as well. And we have the Devils um, getting out to a hot start, maybe against the Rangers. Going to seven games would be nice. That's going to be a fun series to watch. So, con- contradicts time-wise with what we'll be viewing, but it'll be on. Rangers-Devils, 7 p.m., tampa Leafs 730 we've got over zero and a half runs in the first inning between the Blue Jays and the Houston Astros over three and a half total goals from the Maple Leafs tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning and then the New Jersey Devils straight up on the money line you parlay that together 568 tonight for your wake and rake that's a nice one let's get into the win column here
2: 30 seconds Ailish uh how have we been talk have we talked through it today to give you more or less confidence? How are you feeling after the end of three hours teeing up Leafs Lightning?
0: I'm gonna say it again, cautiously optimistic. Feel good, I feel confident. You Thomas laid it out, they had a great start to last year. You've been very confident about tonight. Our text line and our call log was Fired up with happy, excited Leaf fans. So I'm going to continue that vibe tonight down at Scotiabank Arena.
2: The Leafs have accomplished one thing uh, this season. Like, we thought it was meaningless. What could they do to prove anything to us? They, over the course of 82 games, have given us and instilled a little confidence in us, I think. And maybe part of that is Tampa's perceived decline. Maybe part of that is Tampa giving some back. But this regular season was meaningful enough to at least give you a lot of belief that this year should be the year, at least in round one.
0: All right, it's going to be a fun night for Leafs fans and Blue Jays fans. 7.30 p.m., Lightning, Leafs, 8.10, Blue Jays, Houston Astros' first pitch. Let's go for a Toronto win parlay tonight. Talk to you tomorrow morning.